Hello there, and welcome to the seventh episode of Tatooine Table Flip, the podcast. I'm Jimmy, and this week I'll be talking about board game news, games I've played recently, and anything else that strikes my fancy. The first thing I want to talk about is a recent accident that has affected my content output. I was recently struck by a large truck and thrown from my motorbike. It's okay, I'm mostly in one piece. Mostly, but suffered some injuries that make it both hard to type and very difficult to get around, specifically a broken foot. This has severely impacted my YouTube show, so I ask that those of you who tune into that show be a little patient as new content is coming. It just might be a bit as I recuperate. We are a week out from the new Star Wars movie, Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, and as the day grows nearer, I become more and more excited. This next weekend can't come fast enough. If any of you guys that are local to me in Portland, Oregon, and the surrounding areas want to see it with me, let me know either uh, via tweet or email, or if you have my personal number, you can contact me that way, and we'll get a group together and go see this thing. I am super, super excited for this movie, you guys. I've stayed mostly spoiler-free. I've seen only one trailer and decided not to watch any of the other things that they've been putting out. And, oh, man, I oh I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And, uh, hey, I apologize, but some technical issues ate last week's podcast episode. So I'll be including some of that week's news here. That means there's loads of news. So I think we should finally dive right in. Fallout the board game from Fantasy Flight Games has released, and it's one of their better produced games, in my opinion. While it's not an incredibly deep game, it does do a to the board game format. It's also story-driven with a massive amount of story cards, like something like 200 cards in the deck, each with multiple choices to make, and a modular board so the game will not grow stale anytime soon. After a few plays solo, I really love it, and I want to get some games in with other people, as, like with any other game, Playing with others offers a vastly different experience, but in this case, I feel could be a completely different game. This shows up a little farther in the podcast, and uh, I'll be talking a little bit more about it then as well. Huge news is that the app for Star Wars Imperial Assault has finally released, titled Legends of the Alliance, and it is doing a very brisk business indeed. I've been post after post of folks able to find the base set for Imperial Assault for very reasonable prices who otherwise claim the game held little interest for them. But once they found they could solo it via the app, they snatched up a copy. I'm guessing all these sales are partly because of the release of the app. <laughs> the app uh, sports sound and voice effects as well as a really good background soundtrack. You can input your complete Imperial Assault collection, but at the moment, I my understanding is that it only draws from the base set materials. There's just the tutorial missions and the one campaign included so far, with more coming later, of course. But like the Descent app, I'm guessing we'll see a mix of pay and free campaigns. I've played through the tutorial missions and had a lot of fun. I led a friend of mine a couple of days ago through the tutorial missions and we both had a really great time. And now I've just been through the main campaign and found the story very engaging and exciting. I can't wait to go back through it because the first time I went, 
I had the app chose which heroes I played. This time I want to go and choose the heroes I want to play. And uh, probably we'll run through it solo again, and then later we'll grab a couple more friends and see if we can't get a multiplayer game going. It's it's just an outstanding app. If you guys like the Descent app at all, you're going to love this thing. They really tightened up how these things work. It's really well done, and I'm super excited that it's finally available. I can't wait to see what's in store for this. It also got me excited to drag out my old Descent stuff and give that a go again with the app. Takedo the board game had an incredibly beautiful port to uh, iOS and Android apps and has now been released to Steam. It is absolutely gorgeous looking and I encourage those of you who aren't able to get a game group together on uh, like a regular basis to go and check it out. It, it's, it's really, it really just is lovely. IDW Games has previewed their board game port of the old Missile Command video game in which you and some friends build missiles and attempt to destroy each other's cities while protecting your own. I'll bring you guys more details as I get them, as right now it seems the game is still in kind of a prototype version. Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition is getting a new expansion titled Sanctum of Twilight. Announced by FFG for a 2018 Quarter 1 release, the Sanctum of Twilight expansion focuses on the Order of the Silver Twilight, a powerful and secretive society operating within Arkham, and will add new tiles and cards, a new monster, and two new investigators. I'm pretty excited about that. Pie Town from Renegade Game Studios is hitting retail this week, and it was a huge hit at some of the recent cons. You come up with the best pie recipes and make and sell those pies while trying to determine your friends' recipes and at the same time, protect the secrecy of your own. I have seen nothing but praise for this one from everyone who's played it and I'm really excited to give it a go. Charterstone is a game that I am very much looking forward to and this one hits this week as well. It's a worker placement legacy game that when all is said and done, gives you a completed, unique a worker placement game that you build and design as you play through each session. At the end, you then have a game that can be played repeatedly instead of just tossing it like other legacy games. It is absolutely at the top of my want to play list. King Domino roared right out of the gate, gaining popularity almost faster than I can say it, gaining a sequel slash add-on almost immediately in Queen Domino, and a 2018 expansion has just been announced. King Domino Age of Giants. Now, you might tremble with fear at the giants who will crush your precious buildings, or you can make them move on your opponent's kingdoms. This expansion also includes a tile dispenser tower, as well as a castle and king for a fifth player. Osprey Games released a huge hit with the Lost Expedition card game and have just announced a new title, Judge Dread the Cursed Earth, for release next year. I mentioned The Lost Expedition because designer Duncan Malloy has built this new game from that game's engine. You play as a team of judges facing various mutants and enemies, all pulled from the iconic pages of 2000 AD. I love The Lost Expedition and the Judge Dread IP, so I absolutely cannot wait for this one. I, I really, really am excited for it because I really do love uh, The Lost Expedition. If you guys have not played that yet, I suggest you grab up a copy as soon as you can and get to it. And uh, oh, it's just a fantastic little game. The last piece of news this, this episode is a massive one. 
Last Saturday morning, I stumbled on this on accident, but Fantasy Flight Interactive held a live stream via Twitch in which they announced the first game title and not companion app that they'll release. And it's going to be the Lord of the Rings LCG in a digital format. This will not simply be a digital port of the card game, but a, a sort of revamping of how the system works. And if you guys are familiar with Hearthstone at all, the some of the images they showed uh, looked a lot like Hearthstone. So at first I was kind of turned off, but then they started to talk about uh, now that Sauron has his own deck and resources and is actively playing against the players. And then I was back in. It, it also scales to alter his gameplay style based on whether you're playing in solo or multiplayer mode. And as I said, it looks a little bit like Hearthstone, and the comparisons so far have been uh, flying fast and furious across the internet already. And I'm not much for digital versions of card games, but if it plays enough like the actual version, I'll probably be happy to add it to my digital collection to play on the go. All right, well, that about does it for the news then. So now it's time for games I've played this week. And of course, it's going to be a little bit longer than a week, but uh, I pretty much played the same things over and over again. So there's not a lot of variety here. Uh, of course, since the release of the Imperial Assault app, I've been playing that every chance I get, which is far less than I like. I am so in love with this game all over again and just can't get enough. I also picked up Fallout the board game and have ran through that a few times solo, enjoying it quite a bit. While I've I've watched the video games being played, I've never been a huge fan. I recognize enough in the board game to make me nod my head and go, oh yeah, that's a cool way to represent that, but I think it's pretty accessible to non-fans of the video game as well, and I say that because I really am digging the game and I'm not a huge fan of the video games by any stretch. I sometimes play games against myself to get a, a feel for and to learn them, especially if I'm writing a review and can't get someone together in a timely fashion. It's a really good way to get a very solid first impression. So I tried this with my first game of Wasteland Express Delivery Service, and it was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> I'm holding off on talking about that one until I can get a group together to play it, because, oh, it... It looks like a really good game. It's getting a lot of hype, but man, I just could not get it together playing it against what I like to call my evil twin. I also played the Lord of the Rings LCG for the first time in just about forever. I really love the game, but first Warhammer Quest fired it, and then Arkham Horror LCG came along and fired them both. I still own it in a couple of expansions that I've never played, but despite the other games kind of taking its spot, I still enjoyed it immensely the other night when I ran through it. I visited a friend and played through some Legend of the Five Rings LCG recently, using a dragon deck that I hurriedly bashed together the night before. I lost horribly, but had a blast doing so. I clearly need to get my head more into this one. A short time before I had picked up the first three Dynasty packs, and upon first glance, didn't see a single card that I liked in any of them, and I got a little bit panicked about the state of the game and where they were going with it. However, when I finally sat down to build the deck, I found that I must have not just not been in the mood to really look at them, as I found quite a few that I included in my new deck. And for those wondering, it's, as I said, a dragon deck with a splash of phoenix. 
Finally, thanks to the Imperial Assault app and playing that game, I pulled out the old Descent gear and had a run through the tutorial mission on the app. I'd forgotten how much I love Descent, but found that the improvements to the system brought by the Imperial Assault app were more to my taste. Still, I'll be getting this one back to the table more often, I think. And that'll do it for games I've played, and now it's time for a segment I like to call the Top 10 Whatever Games of All Time until next week. This week is the Top 10 Underrated Games of All Time until next week. At number 10, I have Uncharted the Board Game from Bandai. I bought this one strictly because of the IP, and while the rules are kind of poorly written, eventually I got my head around them and loved the game. It's a card-driven treasure-hunting deck-building game whew, using a color coding system in place of separate card mechanics and plays really fast and easy. Sometimes I want what amounts to a nice light card game to pass the time or warm up for heavier gaming, and this scratches that itch perfectly. I'm finding few people knew the game even existed, as it seemed Bandai kind of slipped this one out quietly for some reason, and I really feel that this underappreciated gem deserves some recognition, even though it's now out of print. However, copies can still be had easily and for very decent prices at various places online. At number 9, I have Dragon Tides from Artistic Justice Games. And this one, oh, this one. I picked this one up knowing absolutely nothing about it for one reason. The Bruce and Brandon Lee minis. And they are fantastic. Later, a friend of mine and I tried playing the game and were completely turned off. Turns out we were playing the basic version and didn't get the full experience. See, the game is set up as a storytelling game first, with the minis action thrown in to both set the scene and execute combat. It's broken into scenarios that are set up as action films that you play through, and once we got the complete version of the game and added a few more players, we had a really good time. It's a tough one to get to the table though, since it requires the right group and, in my opinion, three or more players. At number eight, I have Star Trek Five Year Mission from Mayfair Games. This one got a bad rap almost from the get-go, and I feel it's because it was slightly overpriced. It's a push-your-luck dice game with a slight hint of dice placement. It was overpriced because the cardboard components were pretty cheaply made, the cards were low quality, and there's really not that many dice here. I picked it up on discount and feel like I then paid a fair amount for the game. You and your friends choose between the classic or the next-gen recipes, and throw your dice hoping to match sets on the cards to complete the missions and obstacles that they pose. Set up in the colors of the alerts from the shows, the cards range from ridiculously easy to extremely difficult sets to match. It's fun, but not an often play type of game. Good to round out a game night after more solid, meatier fare. At number seven, I have Conquest of Planet Earth from Flying Frog Games. This one is a real gem, and thanks to its accessibility is one that I've often used to drag casual gamers deeper into the hobby. You are an alien race intent on taking over the Earth, but the Earthlings aren't having it. One of my favorite things about this game is the game modes. There's four, so I can play against my friends, with them, or solo when I want something sort of middle light-ish. It's really goofy with some dark undertones, another thing that I really like about it. 
The modular board and 10 alien races to choose from pretty much guarantee no two games will play out exactly the same. At number 6, I have Journey to the Center of the Earth from Mayfair Games. I received this one as a review copy and unfortunately didn't get to it for some time. I'm really glad I did though, as it's a perfect family game. Everyone I've known who's played it has loved it. You take on the mantle of one of three explorers plucked from the Jules Verne novel this game is based upon, head down into the mountains, and eventually the titular center of the earth. There you'll have wonderful adventures as you collect gold and other trinkets while avoiding various dangers and pitfalls. Eventually you're spat out of a volcano in Italy and everyone tallies their fame. The person with the highest fame wins. It's harrowing, exciting, and a superb gaming experience. At number five, I have Apocalypse Chaos from Z-Man Games. Now this one barely rates above Journey to the Center of the Earth by dint of theme. I love sci-fi themes in games, and while I'm a huge Jules Verne fan, I love my sci-fi just that much more. A horde of creatures are attacking your ship coming from literally everywhere, and it's your job to see that the ship isn't overrun. Holy cow is this game difficult sometimes, and the tactical element adds a neat layer to what otherwise might be a very typical game. Components are all standees, but there is a 3D tower that you set up as part of the ship. It's really cool looking. At number four, I have Nexus Ops from Fantasy Flight Games. I love this game. The conceit being that you're an intergalactic company looking to strip yet another world of its resources. This clever little area control game utilizes some pretty cool minis on a hex map to enhance gameplay. You control indigenous creatures to do your bidding as your workers range out and collect the resources offered by the rocky wasteland. An early version had glow-in-the-dark minis and a fold-together tower for the middle bit. No idea why FFG left that out, but I really wish they would have just added that right back in when they reprinted it. The game is silly, but ridiculously fun. At number three, I have Doom, the board game from Fantasy Flight Games. Out of print when I picked it up cheap, it's since been reprinted in an updated version and promptly went nowhere. Utilizing FFG's modular dungeon crawl board design, the game brought the action and gore to your tabletop. Its sci-fi theme having since been supplanted with the superior Imperial Assault, I nevertheless can't figure out why this game isn't far more popular. Loads of really cool minis and fun, if not flawed, gameplay made, for me, a very satisfying gaming experience. At number two, I have Yashima from Greenbrier Games. And this is one that I feel kind of sorry for. It's yet another game that uses a deck of cards for your tax and your life points, while also utilizing the old minis on a map standard. Your character has a set of special abilities listed in a mini deck that's laid out like a book, complete with pages that you can quote-unquote tear out, remove the card from the deck, for a super powerful ability. It's a simple back-and-forth dueling game, but it has a smidge of tactics injected to spice up the proceedings. I find the game to be a blast to play and get it to the table every opportunity. I feel sorry for it because nobody really knows about this darn thing. It's it's really quite a fantastic, neat little design, even though it's just taking a bunch of other gaming tropes and kind of jamming them together. 
And the game I talked about a little bit earlier up the list called Dragon Tides, there is the, the Bruce Lee mini in that game can be used in Yashima as one of the expansions has a deck and card set for Bruce Lee. Now, that expansion has just a little token in it, but why not? They're both, Greenbrier Games are the ones who made the minis for Dragon Tide. So why not use the Bruce Lee mini in their Yashima game, right? At number one, I have Dreadfleet from Games Workshop. And here we are at my all-time favorite game that is Seven Kinds of Underrated. I was really into Warhammer Miniatures game when this one was released, so grabbing a copy was a no-brainer. Turns out to be an intricate game that very nearly collapses under its own weight as you and a friend take on the forces of good or evil in the fantasy world of Warhammer. Form your fleet and set sail on the high seas with these beautifully detailed miniature ships representing various races from the universe. The game sports some fantastic components besides the minis, the best being this huge uh, cloth map of the ocean used to play the game. This thing is absolutely gorgeous. It's worth grabbing a copy just for the map alone, but good lord is the game good. It has a high learning curve, but it's worth every second of sweating the rules. I promise you guys. And these days, I think you can uh, pick up a copy really inexpensively online. You can simply run at each other in the ship-to-ship combat, but the game really shines in the scenarios. It's such a great game. I really should get this darn thing to the table more often. Well, guys, I uh, thanks for listening. I think it's going to do it for this week. This podcast is a companion piece to my YouTube board game show, Tatooine Table Flip, where I give reviews and unboxings of some really great games. Though, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I recently got bashed by a truck, and so that show is sort of on hold for a bit. If you guys have ever seen my program, you know that at the beginning, I kind of walk through my living space as I give an introduction, and having the broken foot makes it a little difficult to do so. So right now it's probably going to be just some unboxings and maybe uh, things like the top tens from the podcast episodes, things like that. But be patient. I will be back. I love doing the show and uh, I appreciate all the comments and everything I've been getting from you folks and the suggestions on how to improve and everything else. And we're, uh, I'm going to get it there. We're going to get there. We're going to be back. But hey, if you uh, you can always go over and watch the old episodes. And if you like the show, please uh, like whichever one that you happen to be watching at the time and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming content. I also invite you guys to become a producer of both this podcast and the review show by visiting my Patreon page located at patreon.com slash tatooinetableflip. I know with the recent pay restructuring over there that uh, there's been a lot of people who are either abandoning their pledges or are reticent to start any but you know even even at a one dollar level it really does help out content creators uh, especially the little guys like me who um, you know just need a few bucks to pitch in for a new microphone or uh, uh, you know a new a new secondary tripod or something like that and I tell you what and if you guys, you know, you got a couple bucks you can throw at me or any other content creator, I urge you to do so. The last thing I'd heard about it was that uh, one of the, the, I forget his name, but one of the guys that works there 
the quote I saw was that he said they really effed up the rollout on this thing. And so take that for what you will. But uh, I, I think they're starting to hear what all of us are saying about the restructuring. And uh, hopefully there's going to be a, a resolution soon that benefits both uh, uh, we as creators and you guys as uh, the folks pledging for us. And hey guys, if you're hearing this on iTunes, please leave me a review and or a rating. It'll help folks find the show easier and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. You can find Tattooing Table Flip, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can find me online at BoardGamerBlues.com or on Twitter and Facebook at BoardGamerBlues or email me directly at J-I-M-M-I-E at BoardGamerBlues.com. That's going to do it for this episode, you guys. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.